Hello, everybody, and welcome to I See Dead Movies. Is this mic on? Yes, the mic is on. One time I recorded a whole episode of this or something I did, and the mic wasn't on, and that was really disappointing because I'm a bag of dicks and idiots all at once. Half dicks, half idiots, like checks mix, dicks and idiots. That'd be my cereal if, if I had a cereal. Anyways, how the hell are you guys doing? I know it's been forever since we've done one of these, just like the... I keep wanting to say just like the movies, which is a, a podcast my wife and I used to do. We need to get back to doing that again. But uh, I see dead movies. It's a show where we talk about movies that aren't necessarily popular at the moment, that aren't tied to to anything for the most part. Not superhero movies, not brand new horror movies, just random shit that that normally nobody would click on uh, and maybe get some good recommendations out of it. So today's show is going to be talking just some random stuff a little bit uh some of the news that we haven't got to we we live stream on saturday on the channel and i uh and by the way if you want a video version of this it's on uh our patreon um as well and this will be on the podcast as well if you'd like to listen to it there but we did our last live stream on saturday and we were supposed to do one yesterday and i woke up feeling like a bag of just gigantic assholes and i knew i was not gonna be at the top of my game so uh we're pushed that to this coming saturday because uh tomorrow i leave for atlanta to go to the blink 182 concert which is something that i've been looking forward to for fucking i don't know my whole life <laughs> but no we bought these tickets and it costs us like fucking eight hundred dollars to buy these tickets uh, that's just how expensive the tickets were and we have to drive all the way to atlanta because the ones in nashville were even more expensive somehow uh but this is you know back at the the ticket master rapings that were going on and uh i just i cannot tell you guys how excited i am we're taking our 13 year old daughter and she's only been she's gone to two concerts with me she's gone to see eve six which is really fun uh i cried because that was her first concert and not like didn't like ball like make a scene but like secretly myself um we took her to see alkaline trio which was fun at a festival but this is going to be it'll be my third time seeing blink uh i had a girlfriend who was older when i was in high school and she took me to cuyahoga falls in cleveland to see blink and we were so far back it was the pop disaster tour with blink and green day and we were so far back that they looked like ants and it was storming. So we didn't really get to take in that show. And then I saw them with Matt Skiba, who I love and adore, um, and really good seats for that. And then this will be my first time really seeing and taking in the band with Tom and the, and the whole thing. So uh, I've been watching all the shows on YouTube. It's funny. I'll, I'll watch them and they'll get me in the right state of mind to do the pot, to do the show live shows. Cause they're just so energetic and, our type of humor and it just puts me in the right state of mind but uh, i'm really looking forward to that but yeah our next actual live stream on the show will be saturday and this just i'm just giving a little quick channel update before we get into the movies and stuff that we're going to talk about I actually have a video game we're going to talk about today um but yeah uh so another update we have a a, a facebook thing going on and i'll put a link to that down below um wherever you guys are listening to this if you guys will please help us out there trying to grow that we started a facebook page we had one years ago and it got deleted and they never told us why so we never tried again because we we're so pissed off because we had like thousands of people on there and there's been the fan group or whatever but now we're trying to get the page going where it's, it's just us posting on there and then everybody can comment down below and talk with us about the post but whether it's a podcast whether it's this whether it's written whether it's video it's all going to get posted there so we're really trying to grow that and the numbers on that so if you guys are listening to this uh it means you care and if you care do me a favor and just if you guys would click that if you have a facebook and just like and follow the page and if you're not getting your subscriptions from youtube or whatever the notifications that's a great way to get them because i will post every live stream every day we're doing a live stream anytime we're doing anything there uh, and as far as Patreon update, what's going on with that stuff? Jay and I are going to record a House on Haunted Hill documentary documentary uh, commentary pretty soon for that. Uh, that's what you guys voted on last month. And then we did Evil Dead Rise because it just came out. I'm like, oh, fuck. So we're still going to do that one. Um, I really want to get Jay and me in the same room to react to the uh, the Red Letter or the Cinema Sins dudes did uh, everything wrong with Halloween Ends. And it's like 25 minutes long. And I would love to do a reaction to that. Another thing going on with the channel is I'd really like when Jay and I are in the same room again, again, to find some, uh, you know, like that lady, did you guys see the TikTok of that lady who was on the, on the airplane? And she was like, she gets up and she was pretty hot. I'm not going to lie. She gets up and she starts freaking out. Most of you have seen this, but she's like, you all can stay on this fucking plane if you want to, but I'm telling you right now, I'm getting the fuck off because that guy's not real. And she points back and everybody looks back at the dude, which is hilarious. 
and you could tell she's like she's not drunk at least she doesn't seem drunk she seems like she has her shit together she seems like a uh, a woman who has her shit together and is just freaking the fuck out like i don't know if she took some bad edibles or what the deal is but she was like that guy's not fucking real and left the plane and a bunch of people were like i've seen final destination i'd be off the fucking plane right behind her and i would too so a i want to know her story and B, I want to know what the fuck happened that day, but it was so weird. But shit like that, I would love to get a compilation. Compil of fuckingization. I would love to get a compilation of like a bunch of shit like that, like crazy shit on the internet, uh, whether it's stuff that has jump scares and is scary or is just really funny and uh, stuff that involves horror movie, maybe opinions, stuff like that, and a bunch of TikToks and shit like that and put it in one place and then me and Jay like react to it. I think that would be such a fun idea. Um, so I don't know why I'm rambling at this point about some of the things I want to do with the channel coming up. But those are some of the ideas we have coming up. And also, I'm going to start Scream 2, um, the Scream Season 2 on the Patreon real soon. I just needed a little cleanser, a little palate cleanser uh, after that shitty first season. You know, I was shocked. A bunch of people really, really liked Scream, the TV series. I thought, I'm going to post this video up and everyone's going to agree with me because this show is buckets of ass. And no, I posted it and everybody's like, dude i love that show what are you talking about you're crazy like so many more people were like this show's awesome you're crazy and i was like wow wow uh as that fucking sniper wolf person does my six-year-old watches her i know don't judge me fuck but <laughs> so uh the first movie we're going to talk about today is this is a, it's a pretty popular movie it's not like a deep cut or anything like that but and we've talked about it ad nauseum so i won't say too much about it but fear um i watched so yesterday day before yesterday my wife's mom, my mother-in-law came over and um, all drinkers, we're all drinkers in this family. So we go out for lunch and I'm like, oh, today's going to be a shit show. So um, I had this thing called a peach rattler and like a tall and like I normally I don't do sweet beers. The thing was fucking delicious, man. It was like peach cake exploding in your mouth. I didn't make it sound good. Um, but yeah, and then she came over and we were having deep, you know, drunken conversations. And then the next thing you know, I was like, oh, shit, I've been drinking since noon. Uh, and then that's part of the reason why I woke up feeling like shit yesterday. But that night uh, when everybody went to bed, I was like, you know, I was hanging out and I showed MJ, my 13-year-old, I showed her fear with Mark Wahlberg for the first time. And I got to tell you, man, it holds up. I watched Independence Day the other day, and I was shocked at how much it did not hold up. Same year, I think. I think Fear came out in 96. Yeah, so I think Fear and Independence Day came out in the same year. I watched Independence Day, and uh, it just it, it's still great. You know what I mean? That was the first movie I ever saw in theaters that people stood up and clapped and cheered afterwards. It was a fucking event. But and, I, and it's still great. I still love alien movies and all that shit. But I will say that it is far more dated than I remembered. Like whether it's just Will Smith being super likable <laughs> or like mainly the graphics on the fire that Roland Emmerich would throw out there. And I still appreciate over the hardcore CGI stuff today. But the way the spaceships would enter our atmosphere and the way everything looked, I was like, damn, these effects are far more dated than I ever thought that they would be. Still an amazing movie. But you know what's not dated is fear. Like. I feel like the the themes of of fear resonate more now in a lot of ways than they even did them when it when it's just from everybody the the whole world like the mean too and all that shit like that I was trying to find like my words my balls fell out of my ankles fell to my ankles I'm a fucking idiot but no like the the way the whole me too thing happened and all that stuff like that it, it's it's weird this movie would come out today and it could be the exact same i feel like now they wouldn't be able to push the boundaries the way they did with this movie and there'd be somebody upset about it of course like everything that's why the 90s are such a wonderful time to go back to but yeah dude fear is such a great movie on so many levels because a every single person is cast to perfection I mean, Reese Witherspoon is amazing as this super innocent, like daddy's girl who's sort of spoiled, but also, you know, is, is a good person. And then you've got Mark Wahlberg's character who, 
this is before Mark Wahlberg as we know him today, but he's fucking scary. He's got that big loafy ass hair on his head. He's wearing those like tight, like fucking waffle knit black shirts and just hanging out in pool bars. I love how dated it is as far as that stuff goes, though, because it just reminds me of the 90s. Like, come on, Margo, let's go to the let's go to the pool hall. And, and they're ordering their sandwiches. But like four feet away, dudes are like smoking and drinking at like 9 a.m. in the fucking morning. But there are those crews of people. Like his little crew that he had that he ran around with, like those exist, like like white gangs, I want to call it. But like, um, you know, just groups of bad dudes who hang out together and do bad dude shit. Like, uh, and so that I found to be realistic. And I just love how how weird it was when his friend runs in his room. He's like, yo, man, we got to go. And he's just laying on his shitty like prison bed with his hand down his pants, like staring at his own mugshot that he has taped on his fucking wall. There's so much weird shit like that in the movie. But it's weird. I found myself as an adult with two girls siding far more. And you never side with Mark Wahlberg. But like, you know, in, in a sense, like when you're a kid, you side with the, with with Reese Witherspoon and the kids a lot more. You're like, that dad's a fucking dick and whatever. And that's what my daughter was saying at first when she was watching it. She was like, that guy, fuck that guy's an asshole. And I'm like, I don't know. Now that I watch it, and by the way, the character's played by William Peterson, who is, it looks, it looks he's the dude from CSI. He's a CSI guy. Uh, could not be more perfectly cast for sure. But he kind of has like a William Shatner vibe to him if he was, you know, more serious. But, um, and you guys know this, you've seen the fucking movie. But yeah, it's weird how I watch it now and I find myself siding with him. I'm like, this dude, he works hard. He provides for his family. And I think there was probably this whole subplot about him leaving her mom for, for this stepwife, this hot stepwife that he has now, who's having a hard time getting along with the kids and stuff for sure. Uh, I think that there was probably more that they wanted to explore there that they just didn't like, you're not my mom. You're not my dad, Greg, fuck off. I made scramby eggs. But I think that, yeah, I side more with him now. It's like this dude's hardworking. Like he, he provides for his family. Look at this fucking house that they live on on Mount Fortress of fucking Hawaii or wherever the shit it is. Got you going to private school. Like, what are you fucking bitching about? Shut up. He's trying to take you to a concert. It's not like he's not there. And of course, the concert gets canceled because he has to work because he has to pay your fucking bills. And everybody gets pissed. Just like old times, dad. I'm like, shut the fuck up. This man is paying for you. You know, anyways. And then he's just trying to be a good dad and protector. He finds the condom wrapper on the floor. Oh, shit. My daughter's dating this older guy. This My wife seems like she wants to bang him. The guy basically t- tells me at one point, he's like, if you was carrying up your end of the bargain at home, maybe your wife wouldn't be eye-fucking me. You know, <laughs> he was talking about, like, that shit was painful. That struck deep into the heart. And that's what's so scary about the movie, too, is that a character like Mark Wahlberg in that fucking movie, David McCall, could be so charismatic like he's so fucking evil and a lot of people people a lot of people who are that evil are that charismatic they could come in your house and make your mom think that they're the coolest thing in the world and they make your little brother think they're awesome or make the dog like you know hump their leg and 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 sometimes they're attractive make the stepwife be kind of into them you know like those kind of people who are deeply evil and fucked up and manipulative are really good at that shit so that's part of the reason why fear is so scary and this dude's like i'm on to you you piece of shit I know what it is. You're trying to fuck my daughter. And now you're trying to fuck up my entire life, basically. But I actually feel really bad for the dad. He finds that condom wrapper on the ground. And he has every right to be fucking upset. You gave this dude the code to our fucking house. And it was a shitty code to begin with. Like, 14321. Come on. You do better. You're a goddamn architect. Do better. But, yeah, you gave this dude the, this, this dude sleeping with my daughter. I don't know anything about him. I don't know where he's from. He's I-fucking my wife. He's planting shit in my yard what the fuck so i yeah i'm totally in his camp um and william pearson steve walker's camp and i love how badass they try to make him be too like the movie sides with him too even though it's a movie for at that time i feel like the younger audience he's like doing his crazy jogs and he's like super in shape and he's trying to be a badass the entire movie and i love how that all culminates in those two fighting at the end like it's a fist fight for her daughter and that creepy line where he's like say goodbye to daddy and like you will forever hold your peace. <laughs> and that the way that whole fight scene goes, uh, just fucking amazing movie. Like they draw out the, they drew out the tension in the perfect amounts uh, throughout the movie and made it uncomfortable in the perfect amounts for like a stalker thriller movie. And then at the end, it culminates with the dad and him fighting. Uh, 
that was really cool. And another thing that I think goes unheralded about this movie, apart everybody always remembers, you know, Nicole forever and all that shit like that, uh, which is creepy and rightfully so. But what I think goes unheralded about this movie is what a good home invasion movie it is. That is one of the scariest home invasion scenes I, I've seen in movies. And I don't think people give it credit for that. Now, maybe it's because I'm, I have a five-year-old or I have a sister who's five years older than me. So I grew up, I don't have anything to do with her now, but like I, I grew up and with her in my house and she always had these dudes coming over who were pieces of shit, uh, 50% of the time, uh, just total pieces of shit, you know, assholes. And I was, I would always get into it with them, but they always like some of them, you just knew, like I could see it like that motherfucker has issues and uh he's in the house of my sister and my mom so like i feel like maybe that ties into why this freaks me out so much but the the home break-in scene where they're at this house and this fortress like you designed it yourself i was like okay ethan hawk and the purge that hasn't come out yet but the way that that scene happens and the dude's outside like rubbing his dick on the glass and they're just like constant they're all in different areas of the house like pounding on the doors and there's just this consistent noise going on had me creeped out dudes on the roof grabbing his junk you know uh they cut the dog's head off so like and that was an important scene and i know people hate that in movies and i understand it like when they kill the dog and uh i my my ass hurt when they killed the dog too but i think it's important to have that scene because these are sort of like t- teenagers, right? They're a little bit older than teenagers. Uh, by any other metric, they're fucking, di- you know, full ass grown adults. But for this movie's sake, they're a little bit older. Go on, Thor. Go on. You're going to hit my camera and you're going to knock it off. I swear to God. I swear to God. You better not hit my fucking camera, Thor. Um, I talked to my dog like Mark Wahlberg. Anyways, uh, so let me in your fucking house. But what the fuck was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Uh, they kill the dog and it lets you know that these people are scary and they will kill and that they mean business. And it's freaky. It's freaky. Um, so I understand why they kill the dog there, but that lets you know when you got that guy putting his head through the doggy door, just fucked up, uh, really fucked up. And Mark Wahlberg is scary as shit in that scene where he's looking through the peephole. Um, so yeah, I just think it's, uh, it's underrated as a home invasion movie at the end. I love the actionness of them just fist fighting at the end for it all. And I just, I think fear for all of its night great soundtrack you got fucking bush in there uh thor hush buddy there's like some old lady walking her dog across the street and he's about to lose his goddamn mind um but yeah i know we talked about fear before but oh i watched it so i want to talk about it again and my daughter loved it too we had a blast watching it because she's watching her see the first by the way i fast forwarded like the roller coaster scene and like the sex scene uh just so you guys don't judge me i did fast forward those scenes but just seeing it, I and I love isn't that the greatest thing in the world when you show somebody a movie that they've never seen before? That's just that's the best, man. It's the best part about being a dad. The best part about new relationships uh with significant others is when it's like, wait, you've never seen Fight Club, you've never seen this, you've never seen that. It's always great to see other people's reaction and experience the movie through their eyes for the first time. So it was really cool during the super awkward moments, watching her be like, uh-uh, no, 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 like red flag and all the shit when Mark Wahlberg, I was like, and I'm like, watch Mark Wahlberg literally eat her face when they kiss. And he does, like, he's like a Hoover vacuum, just like, oh. <laughs> and it also gave me a chance to be like, hey, stay away from men, just in general, at all times. Uh, I'm I'm kidding. I'm half kidding. But uh, fear's a good lesson. It's a good le- lesson for young folks to learn, too. Just because someone's handsome and charming. And they come from a bad background does not mean that they will not eventually try to murder your family and kidnap you and literally rape your best friend. So also Margot was great in that movie too. Uh, again, the casting was just top to bottom. What's her name? What's that actress's name? It's uh, Amy Brenneman. What else has she been in by the way? Gosh, seeing her as like an adult today makes me feel so fucking old. God damn it. I'm old. She was no, no, that's the mom. What am I fucking talking about? She was Edie in uh, Heat. She was the dude. The 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 dude. She was the lady Robert De Niro was banging. Sorry, I got that really confused. Uh, Alyssa Milano. Fuck me. Duh. It was Alyssa Milano um, from Commando. Uh, so, yeah. Fear's a 10 out of 10, man. And I think it's a perfect movie. I love that movie so damn much. I think it's underrated, too. Uh, it's, it's actually scary as a stalker movie. It's scary as a home invasion movie. That movie kicks ass taking a big deep fucking pivot the other direction i played a video game and i played this because i wrote an article for bloody disgusting about it but I, I do this article on bloody disgusting called alien scare me right and 
I so I can talk about this, and it's not the same thing as the article because in the article it was all about the scares of the game, like why the game scared me so much because I'm so freaked the fuck out by aliens. But I can talk about here the actual gameplay and stuff like that for the first time. And I gotta tell you, man, that game as it it's it's all over the place, and it just came out today on physical form, so you can buy it for like Xbox or PlayStation or whatever. And I'm not a gamer. So, like, that's one of the reasons I didn't actually review it as a game, because I do not play games. I play fucking Madden, and I play MLB The Show, and that's the only two games I play all year long. But this game came out, and I was like, fuck, that looks scary as shit. And the idea is, is that you're just in this town, and it basically feels just like Signs, just like the movie Signs. You're in this set, you're in this town, and it's a first person. So, like, I don't know if it's first person. You know what I mean? I'm not a gamer, but you're 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 playing a character, and it's nighttime, and you're in this this small town out around cornfields and shit like that, middle of fucking nowhere, and aliens come down and they start abducting people, and you've got to run around town, and they abduct your son, and you've got to run around and and put shit together, and and you know do the thing that games make you do, and um and this whole time these aliens are on the ground on Earth, and you have to avoid them. It's very simple. It's a low budget game and you can tell because like I mean it's a it's a very simple game. Like you got to get from point A to point B without getting seen by the aliens. And it's kind of the same thing over and over and over again. But the cutscenes A there's two things that are fucking frightening about it. The cutscenes are scary as shit. And it's called the Grey Hill incident. I don't know if I even said that. But even if we do get close, how the hell are we going to get inside of that thing? No! Who knows what they're doing to him? God, I hope they didn't start drilling into his teeth. Ah! You bastard. Get your fucking fingers out of my dirty ass. But the cutscenes are scary as shit because, like, at one point you walk into this dark field and there's just skinned cows everywhere. And there's an abandoned tractor that's lights are just going on and off. And the the scariest thing about for me about aliens is that like when I was a kid, I used to take we had a long driveway and I would take the trash out. And then I would like literally I'm outside alone. If they abducted me right now and time as a construct, they could but probe me, do whatever they want, drop me right back off in the same pit. My parents, nobody would ever know. Nobody would believe me. So the key to me was don't be outside alone at night. And I know this is fucked up, but I'm dead ass serious. I would duck under windows after I saw fire in the sky. Always been deathly afraid of them. So this game really freaked me out. And it gave you that sense because you're out in a cornfield alone in the dark, the stars everywhere, and aliens are a boot. So you see, you get to see shit like the alien spaceship just come down and they go gnarly with it. You get to see them abduct people out of houses and their bodies floating out like that. And it's those scenes are super scary and they're super well done. And the movie or the, the I call it the movie, the, the game is tongue in cheek. So it makes fun of itself. There's a line in it. It's like, you goddamn aliens keep your dirty fucking fingers out of my ass. Like it is jokey and it's making fun of this stuff, but it takes the fear part seriously. So in that it's actually pretty fucking good. And you, like I said, you have to run around and get like, okay, I have to get bullets for the gun. Uh, And you have a gun, but you have like three bullets the entire goddamn game. So, that's really frustrating. And the whole idea is, is that you have to sneak around. It's basically like Hitman. I mean, you have to sneak around these barns and out and out. And random little green, gray aliens are just like, and it's the freaky ass ones that we all know and are scared of with the big head and the super stick bodies. And they just walk like, you know, uh, like inflatable wavy arm, inflatable tube men. It is all of the, all of the imagery they got so right. And it's so scary and it's so dark. Um, but the idea is you have to get around them and they're everywhere. So they're all over the game. And typically when you respawn after you die, you know, you can start to pace the AI's movements. Like, you know, exactly where the bad guys are going to be this game. uh, they move every time, almost every time you die, they'll be in different spaces. So you never feel safe. And they do a really good job of that, but they're placed all over the map. You don't know where they are. It's pitch black. So you can't see them. And all of a sudden, if they see you, that music just goes dom. So you know it's it's a lot like Friday the Thirteenth in that way, or one of those games, and especially in its simplicity. Even though it's it's not it's a campaign and it's not. Fuck was that? Oh, I think they're picking up my trash. I'm actually gonna get home invaded while I'm just ignoring my dog barking and all the noises. But 
they are just a little bit faster than you. And you can run, but you can't run for long at all. I mean, this dude's in worse shape than I am. And that's saying something. You can run very shortly and you can outrun them, but they're just a little bit faster than you when walking. And like I said, you have no stamina. So once they spot you, you can hide in trash cans and shit. You can hide in cupboards just like the Friday 13th game. But they're smart. The AI is smart. I mean, if they are within distance of you then they see you, they will come directly to that fucking cupboard and open it up or they will catch up to you very easily. They are hard to escape. And the AI is really smart. And what happens is they get up to you. And I'm telling you guys, I'm not lying. I fucking screamed. The first time I played this game, and I didn't know this, but on Steam, on your computer, you can hook up your Xbox remote to some games and play it like that. So that's how I did this. and It was really neat. But I know you gamers are like, duh, you fucking idiot. But when you, what happens is when they get you and another one hears you, then multiple ones will come out and they don't really show what they do. They just like kind of walk up to you and they are in your grill. Like you will turn around and bam, that fucker's in your face and you scream. At least the first like two hours you play it, it makes you scream almost every time. It's so scary. Uh, the problem is that that's all the game ever does. Like that's it. And then when they run up to you, they're just in your face going. And it's the most haunting goddamn noise of all time. It's fucking awful. And you're fucking, I want to die. It's like watching someone um, covered in blood mixing macaroni and cheese. I don't know. It's the freakiest noise ever. And I hate it. They don't show what they do. They just get around you. And then all of a sudden it goes, you've been abducted. And then you start over again. So that's why it's so scary. The game itself. um, If you're not really afraid of that. Um, it's it's hard to recommend because and I think that they've been working on patches and stuff to fix it. But it's if you're not into alien stuff, uh, I'm not sure I could recommend it because the gameplay is not the best because it's so simple. Like I said, and it's, it's very hard. So you end up doing the same shit over and over and over again to try to get through the levels. And that can be really frustrating. And it's they don't lead you along very well. You got to really figure out stuff on your own. And apparently they've been working on all that stuff. So maybe it's better now. But <clears throat> It's really frustrating because it's hard and you die a lot and then you have to start over again and then you'll be right at the end and one of those fucking dicks will spot you. And I guess some people like that, that kind of hard shit. But for me, it was very difficult in that regard and just not a whole lot to do. It's constantly like, go here, find this, get this. And it's the same scare over and over again. But yeah, I'd give the game probably a 6.5 as a game uh, as far as alien fear like being scared of that shit it's like a fucking eight and a half like it's so scary at times if aliens freak you out it will fucking scare you and by the way i totally think aliens are real and i love aliens and i love ufos and i love talking about it but they just i am definitely scared of them as well it's like a tornado like I'm, i i want to see it like i'm outside in the storm watching for it but i really don't want it to come so it's like a it's a weird juxtaposition you have there with those two things but yeah so uh gray hill incident it's on you can actually buy the physical copy of it today if you guys are gamers and want to check that. I know we don't usually do games and we won't, but I just wanted to talk about it because I spent a lot of time on that fucking piece of shit. But let me say this. A movie, I'm going to talk about two movies. And uh, this this is, I've been working on this for an article um, for Bloody Disgusting. Not these specifically, but it's just part of the research I've been doing for an article. and. I <laughs> I seen this movie. The first one we're talking about is a movie called Red Lights. What's going on? And people like this came out back back when everybody was using Redbox, which is weird how Redbox just kind of went away in it. But this is when everybody was using Redbox. It came out in 2012. It's called Red Lights. It's Cillian Murphy, Killian Murphy. Fuck, how do you say his name? I don't want to say it the whole time the wrong way. Let me let me Google it. By the way, have you guys realized that he looks exactly like the lead singer of All American Rejects? I mean, dead on. Let's get together. Here we go. It is Killian, which you would think would sound cooler. I like Cillian. 
I don't know why that just sounds cool to me. Anyways, this movie called Red Lights from 2012 stars him. It stars Sigourney Weaver. It stars Robert to fucking Nero and and it stars Elizabeth Olsen. So this cast is fucking stacked. It's an amazingly stacked cast. And I wondered to myself, how come I never heard of this? And the IMDb plot synopsis reads as psychologist Margaret Matheson and her assistant study paranormal activity, which leads them to investigate a world-renowned psychic who has resurfaced years after his toughest critic, toughest critic mysteriously passed away. So that doesn't really do it justice. What the movie's actually about is, is, is Killian Murphy and Sigourney Weaver teach a class at a college, a college course, he's a physicist and she's a doctor. And I believe she's a doctor. Uh, kind of, she's ironically, she's basically uh, Peter Venkman from Ghostbusters in a weird way. And what they do is they go around to people's houses and they sort of debunk their paranormal things. So if someone thinks they're haunted, they'll go to their house and they'll figure out why they're not and they'll explain it to them. Either they'll explain to them this is actually a leaky faucet, blah, 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 or they'll be like, you're faking it and here's why. But they also do more than that. They're sort of like a, 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 like a Scooby-Doo squad in a weird way. They will go to these conventions where these fake healers, you know, like Steve Martin in, uh, in Leap of Faith. Uh, but like these fake healers will, will be putting on these conventions and like making people pay them tons of money. And they will go and they will debunk it and they will bring the police with them and they will prove that they are committing fraud with well, either they have an earpiece in and someone's telling them what member of the audience has what ailment and all that. And they will debunk this shit. And they'll also go to people's houses and they go to this one house and this medium's got this table and the table shaking and they show you this big, scary shit scene. And then she goes back to her class and she explains how someone can put the table on their foot and make it look like the table shaking. It's a super cool idea. And then you add in this whole new thread. There is this great healer, this telepathic, uh, who's been out of the game for years, but he's basically like Chris Angel, but like the real deal, allegedly. And a guy, uh, one of his greatest adversaries was killed, uh, died from a sudden heart attack while like arguing with him, something along those lines. It's been a couple weeks since I watched it, but. And Robert De Niro's character is blind, but he's this huge goddamn deal. Like he's like the Donald, he's like the Donald Trump followers. You know what I mean? Following him around as this healer and he's on Oprah and all that shit like that. And he's come back and Killian Murphy's like, this is the guy we got to go after. Like, this is the big fish. Like I want him, let's go after him. And she won't do it. And there's this whole subplot with her where she has a son who uh, is mentally incapacitated and he's hooked up to a breathing machine and she really just doesn't believe in an afterlife. She, it's, it's all about faith. She doesn't believe in ghosts, any of that stuff. And she's like, if I actually believe that there was anything out there for my son, because she's such a skeptic, then I would let him go, you know, and I would pull the plug and let him go to whatever afterlife there is or whatever. And there's a really good emotional pool with that. Um, so that, and this, that's this movie is Killian Murphy's character really wants to go after and get him. And she's scared of him for reasons. I'll let the movie explain. She doesn't want to go after him, but there's a whole lot of conversation about like being a skeptic versus whether you believe in the paranormal going on here. And it's really cool. And then Killian Murphy starts to fly too close to the sun when it comes to De Niro's character and shit starts happening. So the movie pivots and all of a sudden it's, it's sort of a horror movie because all of a sudden this, this telepathic who seemingly has super fucking powers, he's like sleeping in his house at night and he's like having bad dreams about him. And then he comes downstairs and he thinks he's in his house. He goes outside for a second and he comes back in and his entire apartment's wrecked. Like it seems like this dude's doing this to him. He'll get a phone call. And he'll pick up the phone and there'll be nobody on the other end, other end of the line. And then suddenly a dead bird will fucking crash into a window right next to him. So there's paranormal shit happening to him, the skeptic. And he thinks that it's this guy doing it. But at the same time, he's trying to de debunk him. So that's the story of the movie. And it gets crazy. What's weird is it's directed by Rodrigo, Rodrigo Cortez, who directed Buried with Ryan Reynolds. Really good director. And... You know, the movie's not billed as a straight-up horror movie. It's more drama, fantasy, mystery is what it says. But it's with all the paranormal talk and all the the thriller stuff that it's in there, it's definitely got uh, horror vibes to it, at least if you're involved in the paranormal at all. And there's this really cool subplot where, of all people, Toby Jones, that's his name, right? Is it Toby Jones? Fuck me in the face. Yeah, Toby Jones is a scientist there who believes in the paranormal. And 
Robert De Niro's character comes in and they do official scientific tests on him to determine he is telepathic and he really does have all these powers. But De Niro's character in this is so freaky and weird. Like he has where he's supposed to be blind. He has these contacts in and he just says strange shit. Like he acts like a messiah. You know, he's very fucking deep and very much smarter than everybody and above them. So when someone tries to interact with him, he's just talking crazy cuckoo cult leader shit. And it's pretty freaky. And then, you know, I, the movie is just directed so weird. Everything is so, so serious. And the cinematography is really cool, but it's all so dark and it takes itself so seriously. And like Killian Murphy's character is so, I call, I kept calling him like screamo kid because he is over the top dramatic and it, it works. It works for the movie. He's, he's an amazing actor, but he's really over the top dramatic. Everybody's over the top dramatic in this. Like, the monologues, the shit that people say, I mean, it's fucking, they're taking themselves seriously. And the end of the movie that has a bunch of twists and shit like that, that go on in it. And I'm not really sure about how I feel about it, like where it lands. Um, the end is really weird. Like he confronts him at a big show in front of everybody. And it's just super fucking weird. It's intense and it's wild and crazy kids. And there's even a liar, liar bathroom scene where somebody gets the shit kicked out of him in a bathroom. And there's like a random fight scene. The movie's really all over the place. And it's just a strange, strange movie. So it got shit on. It got shit all over because I think people were really looking forward to this, I guess, at least like uh, people who follow movies and critics and shit like that. Um, and it's just like exactly this is the way I take it when I look at the reviews, because everybody's like, oh, my God. This was so disappointing for what it could have been and for this cast and all that. And I just had no fucking idea what it was. I saw it on Redbox. I was like, it's probably going to be a piece of shit, but it sounds cool and just loved it. Is it perfect? No. I think they do. There's a lot of stuff that that pisses you off about what they decide to do with the story. And it'll start down one cliff and just fall off another and then like go to this other story. And it's all over the place. But the entire time, I'll be honest, it's fascinating to watch and it's beautiful to watch. And there's amazing performances in it. And it's about a really cool topic. So I feel like you may see the twist coming. You may not. I, did, I wasn't a huge fan of the twist. Um, and there's a bunch of stuff I wasn't a huge fan of. But all in all, like. Again, it's beautiful to look at. It's beautifully acted. It's a really cool topic, and uh, I enjoyed watching. I would definitely, if you've never seen it, I would totally recommend watching it. Just be prepared for the story to disappoint you a little bit as far as where they go and what they decide to focus on. If you go into it with that expectation, I think you'll really enjoy it. I'd give Red Lights uh, probably a 7.5 out of 10. Um, I'd, it's a movie I could go back and watch every few years once you let yourself forget a little bit about what happens and you watch it again and you can pretty much enjoy it but um yeah totally i would watch uh red lights if I were you guys 7.5 out of 10 and i think you can i think it's free it's free on freebie with like ads or whatever but yeah so and then finally the last thing i want to talk about is another killian murphy movie that i watched so this month's crazy right we have oppenheimer we have Barbie, we have fucking Mission Impossible, which I'm hoping to do a review and a Mission Impossible ranking uh, for that. Maybe the ranking will just be on Patreon. I don't know. Just depends on if anybody watches the review because it's like I know we don't usually do movies like that. Uh, and I know Jay's not caught up on it, so I don't think he's going to see it. But Sorry for slurping my coffee just now. That was an accidente. But it's this movie called Retreat. How are you getting on up here, the two of you? Oh, good, yeah. Not gone mad yet? No, we love this island, you know. We've had some good times here. You found them again, have you? <laughs> There's someone here, I just saw them. Doug, if you can hear us, this is Marna Kate. We need to report an, an injured man. <laughs> so it's just the two of you. Yes. I need to speak with you more. There's been an outbreak, a global pandemic. It's failed and it's spreading rapidly. You don't want your wife contracting this. All that I know is that for the moment, we are stuck on this island. We're surrounded by freezing water and there's nowhere else to go. I want to go home. And I'm not staying here with him. And it's very much like cabin fever meets the strangers, sort of. And I never heard this term when I was looking at this movie. It's called a three-hander. Um, 
and it just sounds like a really good uh like oral sex trick but it's not uh, a th- a th- it's called a three-hander which means there's three actors in it for most of the movie there's a couple actors they show for a minute but for the most part it's these three actors and the three actors are killian murphy and his wife who's than 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 do we fuck i'm gonna have to i gotta i gotta look up how to say that too than do we newton pronunciation gosh this is just head to toe just legit shit thank you weird sounding fucking anthony hopkins creepo uh, just saw her in Mission Impossible 2. She's the character that Tom Cruise was ferociously in love with in Mission Impossible 2 that they never spoke of again. <laughs> they just started Mission Impossible 3 and he's married to another chick. They're like, oh, die. he killed her in the ocean. <laughs> the virus finally got her. I don't know. Uh, Thandaway Newton. Thandaway Newton. Fuck me in the face. We're just going to call her Newton. Uh, so, yeah, he it's Killian Murphy and his wife. And they've just gotten over uh, a very traumatic thing and they're having trouble reconnecting. So they go out into this island and it feels like an island in Maine, I want to say, in the middle of nowhere. Let's see what the synopsis says. It says Kate and Martin escape from personal tragedy to an island retreat. Cut off from the outside world, their attempts to recover are shattered when a man is washed ashore with news of an airborne killer disease that is sweeping through Europe. Okay, so maybe it's in Europe or somewhere like that. They don't say where it is. But the vibe of this island is not like, you know, it's not tropical. It feels like they're in a cold territory for sure. And they mention several times it's freezing cold outside and the water's freezing cold and hypothermia and all that. But they're on this spooky-ass island in the middle of nowhere. And it just looks depressing as shit. It's like the fucking island they lived on in um, the Bancheries of Isherin or some shit. And they go out there to try to reconnect. And this dude has to, this Airbnb dude is the one, he has to take him out there on his boat because there's no entrance or exit otherwise. And it takes forever to get out there. It sounds like a really bad idea to me, like something bad could happen. And it does. But they go out there. He drops them off. The generator goes out. It's fucking cold. Everything's going wrong. They're fighting. They still can't get along. All this relationship stuff going on between them. And he's sort of a, how do I put this? Uh, A bitch. (laughs) <laughs> uh and and actually he's just uh, what a lot of regular dudes would be in this situation he's not and i love that about killian murphy he will play roles where he does not have to be a super badass he will be a creepy dude he will be a bad guy he will be super emo if he has to be i feel like he takes his roles with absolute zero like not pride but uh ego and i love that and i think that's why he's such a great actor but that's him for this it's very much uh, a straw dog situation with like uh Dustin Hoffman and Straw Dogs. Very much that kind of situation, mixed with like a cabin fever. So what happens is they're there. Everything's going wrong. Everything fucking sucks. It's cold. They lost power. And all they have to contact this dude who runs this place is the CB radio. And he promises to come up the next day and then never shows up. And then the next thing I know, they see this guy who's covered in blood running up the mountainside. So they go out to check on him. And this dude ends up being none other than Jamie Bell who looks like he looks like a crackhead prison version of Tom Holland. <laughs> uh, I, I don't mean that in a bad way. He's like, you know, he's ripped and shit and he's muscular. He was in jumpers and he was Ben Grimm in the fantastic four movie fan four stick. He was in Snowpiercer. Um, he was in rocket man. He's been in a bunch of shit. Really good actor. Super good actor. Uh, he was in filth. I just haven't seen him uh, in a lot of stuff personally that I've watched, but he was really good in this. And again, just picture if you haven't seen him, a ripped, scary Tom Holland. And that's kind of him in this movie. But he shows up and he's covered in blood and they put him in the house. And they realize he has a gun on him. So they take the gun because they don't know what's going on. And when he wakes up, he starts immediately. Um, he's like, at first, he's like, hey, thanks for saving me. Appreciate that. And then immediately gets fucking weird. And they're on this island with this dude in their house. They don't know anything about him. And he had a gun on him. He says he's military, but he kind of sounds like he's full of shit. And then he's like, I need to talk to you to Killian Murphy's character. And he comes downstairs and he talks to him and he's like, there's a, there's an airborne disease. Uh, Everyone back on the islands is dead. Uh, It's just us. And he was like, we need to board up the windows and all the doors. And we need to lock ourselves in this house. And because everyone's dying. And if anybody comes up here with this, you will immediately die. So he says, all that happens is 
almost instantly when you get it, you start coughing up blood and then you're done. You're dead. And he said, people are going to come here and they're going to try to get our food and things like that. And if they make contact with you, you will die. So, and he's not asking, he's telling them. So he's like, I'm doing this for you, but there's very much rapey McRaperton vibes going on. And as the movie goes on and they don't believe him, but they're trying to be, she's, she's hardcore. Like, she's like, no, fuck you. I don't believe you. This is weird. But Killian Murphy's character is trying so hard to be amicable. And he even says to her at one point, he's like, can you stop antagonizing him in every turn? Like this guy's from the military. He knows his shit. And immediately Killian Murphy tries to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa now, buddy. And the guy thinks he's going for a hammer and just fucking slams him down on the ground, puts his hand around his throat. And he's like, I'm not fucking around here. You're going to help me do this right fucking now. Uh, or we're all going to die. And he's like, actually, I don't care. He's like, if you guys want to go out into the cold and freeze to death, because they're on this island, remember, they can't get off. And the CB's not working. He's like, if you guys want to go freeze to death, go ahead. But once I board up these doors, we're all staying here. And you just, you have creepy McCreeperton vibes all inside of your body. And it gets worse and worse. And he starts looking at the wife. And she's looking at Killian Murphy like, will you be a fucking man? Will you stand up for us? What, why are you letting him do this? And he's like, oh, this is all a plan. So I'm letting him think that he's in control of me when really, you know, you could tell he's just scared of him. And I mean, to be fair, he doesn't really stand a chance physically against him. So that's it's a crazy dynamic that you're, that you're watching. And then this guy gets more and more into his wife. So it's super creepy and very strange. It's just very funny games, uh, unlawful entry, and all that mixed with this idea that, hey, there's people coming around here outside. And it's really smart the way he does it. Like he's like, he'll wake them up in the middle of the night, be like, there's people outside. But every time they go to look, he'll like slam them down. And like he's like, they're running away now. And you just can't tell if he's telling the truth or not. It's a lot like a movie I think I did on this show, if I'm not mistaken, on uh, I See Dead Movies called Black Butterfly with Antonio Banderas in it. And this was a new straight-to-VOD movie, and the twist ended up being way too crazy. But it's very much like that. It was him and Jonathan Reese Myers locked in this cabin, basically, and you couldn't tell if this dude was psycho or not. A lot of the same stuff going on here. and uh, But you've got that added 28 Days Later cabin fever vibe to it where, I don't know, is he telling the truth? Is there really an outbreak? Um what do you do? What do you fucking do? It's it's one of those really like, what do you do? What would you do in this moment type of movie? So there's home invasion going on. There's, there's the, the, the virus stuff going on coming off of the pandemic. It's really interesting to watch this as well. And it's really good acting. Jamie Bell is very, very fucking uh, intimidating and intense. And he pisses you off because you just want to hit him in the face, you know, uh, because he becomes a super dick as the movie goes along. And then I won't explain where everything goes, but it definitely turns into a uh, a wild story where uh, there's a lot of twists and turns. And it's just the only reason I didn't fully enjoy it is, A, you get sort of tired of what's going on because you're like, God damn, fuck that guy. And you really have to watch him be a dick to them a lot, uh, whether he's like, come down here, cook me dinner, sweetheart, and stuff like that. And the way he's just bullying them, basically, it starts to get on your nerves. And, and Killian Murphy's like, again, it's very much... Um, Straw Dogs. He's very much Dustin Hoffman in Straw Dogs. Um, only he's he's not as full of himself. Uh, he's actually a really good dude in this. He just doesn't know what to do. So it's really uncomfortable uh, with certain scenes and stuff like that. But the whole movie's super bleak, and you know the way it all wraps up and stuff. It's it's smart and it's pretty cool and it's very well written how they do all that stuff for sure. Uh, it's just sort of a depressing watch. It's not a movie I'll ever probably go back and watch again, but as a one-time watch thriller mystery with uh, shock twists, uh, I thought it was fucking surprisingly good. Cannot believe I've never heard of this movie before. Totally recommend it as a one-time watch if you really like those movies. It's like, oh, fuck, where's this going? And you like twists and shit like that and M. Night Shyamalan type stuff and home invasion and thrillers and things. I think it's definitely worth a one-time watch. You super duper pooper scooper should check it out. I'll give the movie a solid seven uh, and great acting again. Jamie Bell, Killian Murphy, Thunderween Newton. Um, and it's directed by Carl Tibbetts, who I swear I know that name, but I, I don't think I know anything he's directed. He's done some Black Mirror. Um, he's done a lot of TV and this was his first movie, actually. So. I think it's super underrated for the fact that it's for free on Crackle and I've never heard of it. I thought it was going to be a flaming piece of shit. I really did. I was like, oh, man, this is going to be one of those movies that the budget's like, 
it's not. It looks great. It's filmed great. It's a really cool location. They got a really neat score going on. Great actors, great acting. Um, again, super bleak and sort of depressing to watch, but entertaining for the first time. So I definitely recommend checking out Retweet, Retreat, Retreat. And I think the name is part of the problem. Like, I can't ever remember. It's like, what's that generic ass fucking name? Retreat from 2011. So check that out on Crackle. And uh, yeah, so there we have it. We talked fear. We talked red lights. We talked retreat. And we even talked a video game. That's a fourfer. That's quattro, bitches. Yeah. Quattro. Foods that start with the letter Q. Hey, uh, I love your all specking faces. Thanks for watching this. If you're watching this on Patreon, thank you for being a Patreon. Thanks for listening if you're on the podcast. And also, check out, I just did um, an interview. I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but I, I have an interview on the podcast and uh, in article form on Bloody Disgusting. But the podcast is also the full conversation. A lot of stuff I couldn't include in the interview. But this is crazy. So I write this article um, about frailty, Bill Paxton's frailty uh, for Bloody Disgusting. And then I get this email from Universal and they're like, hey, I was just sharing this with David Kirshner, who produced the movie. You know, David Kirshner produced everything Child's Play. He produced Hocus Pocus, Five Goes West, Frailty, The Page Master, just legendary producer. And the, the dude from Universal is like, hey, I shared this with him. And I'm think he's telling me all these awesome stories. I thought he should be telling you this. It's like, so would you like to talk to him for a follow-up? And I was like, fuck, yeah, that's amazing. It made my fucking day, especially with writing. Because when you write stuff, it feels like nobody ever reads it, you know. Uh, it's such an old medium and I love writing so much and, and buddy assessing so good to me and I really appreciate it. But to have, have feedback like that on your writing was like the coolest fucking thing ever. It just made my day. I called my wife. I was like, you won't believe this shit. Um, but yeah, so I did the interview with him and you guys, if you've not listened to that or read the article, he, I, I recommend both, but like the emotion in his voice when he's talking about Bill Paxton and making frailty and the crazy stories he told me that I've never heard before. Uh, so cool, man. Uh, and he also told me that he's talked to universal about making a prequel, uh, to child's play featuring just Brad Dorf. Maybe they de-age him or what, um, and doing a Charles Lee Ray movie. So that was a piece of news that came out and that he's hopeful for a frailty 4k. If, if that article and podcast can make enough noise. So yeah, I just want to recommend that to you. If you guys haven't got a chance to check that out, uh, please check that out. Cause it was really cool and such a, such a sweet guy. And I love talking to him and I love talking to you guys. And I'm going to go pick up my kid from summer school. Not the kind where you got in trouble, but just like the fun summer school, uh, you know, for six year olds. <laughs> and, uh, we'll see you guys super soon. I love your all's fucking faces. If you've listened this far, I really appreciate it. I love doing this show. I love doing everything we do. I love hanging out with you guys. It's the best, the best. So, um, yeah, see you guys soon. Here comes that white-faced fucker, an asshole like no other. He's a big old piece of shit. Wants to stab your sister's tits because he's a white-faced fucker. Loomis can't recover. Dr. Challenge drunk again, sleeping with your sister's friends. Do you want to know about the darkness? I said, God damn.